everybody and welcome back to the Spontaneous Traveller podcast. If you're new here, hi, welcome. My name is Monique and I'm the Spontaneous Traveller. I hope you all had a great week. I mean, I definitely did. I had the most wholesome, spiritual and rejuvenating week. That's the word, rejuvenating. (laughs) Looking back, I've done a lot this week, but because I'm not rushing to see everything and cramming everything in in two days I've felt this sense of pure calmness this week. A new thing I'd like to mention is that I will be finishing each episode with a travel tip so you know little things that will make your travels hopefully that little bit easier. So without further ado let's get into it. Last week I've been staying in Uluwatu at the Pekatu Guest House which is a hostel and I would highly recommend staying here. The crew here is really nice and it's perfect because if you want to be social and meet new people you easily can but if you don't want to and you know you want to keep to yourself and have quiet nights in you can easily do that too. I know how social hostels can get too loud and too busy all the time but this one's really really good the first two nights I did keep to myself quite a bit to be honest I was so exhausted but then the second I went out and tried to speak to people it was so easy and everyone was really really welcoming they've got a pool table here live music some nights um, a pool we're walking distance to plenty of amazing cafes and restaurants and it's a 10 minute drive to the beach and the Uluwatu temple. Obviously you know each place you stay you will have a different crew so that's a good thing to keep in mind. Your experience if you do stay here might be different because it's going to be different people but the staff here at Pekatu Guest House are definitely extremely welcoming. The first few days back in Bali I was taking my time getting used to you know a new environment again getting my surroundings again obviously I know I've been to Bali before but since being sick it completely changed me to be honest and I started checking in and talking to myself again I know yes that might sound silly but seriously try it check in with yourself this can look different for everyone since getting sick I definitely lost track of myself and I felt very vulnerable. Vulnerable is a, a great word to use in this circumstance actually. I wasn't journaling every day like I used to. I wasn't checking in and I felt very unsettled. As you guys know by now I am very open purely because I know I'm not the only one that feels these emotions and you know spending so long feeling so alone I want to share these things and I love sharing these things because I want other people to know you're not alone and I hope you you don't feel as alone with me sharing this information but yeah I felt like I was starting to hit rock bottom. I hadn't hit it yet but I definitely felt myself depleting, completely lost myself. I have lots of oracle and tarot cards that I did bring them with me when I left for my travels but in all honesty I hardly use them until I got really sick. I do believe that everything happens for a reason and 
Although, yes, I was hospitalised because I was that sick. It could have been worse. When I was better, look, call me a crazy lady, but I actually did thank the universe for reminding me to slow down. Yes, it was a massive punch in the face kind of reminder, but I needed to not stop, but to slow down, get connected to myself again. And, you know, I wasn't listening to the universe before I got sick, so she definitely slammed a rule book in my face, to say the least. And, you know, being back at home, it really did get me back to myself and help start my journey again. You know, I backlogged and started my journaling again. I'm doing my meditation in the morning and using my oracle cards as guidance when needed. This doesn't mean I'm going to use them every single day if I feel like I'm on the right path and do trust myself. But if I do feel unsteady, I am using tools to keep me on track, if that makes sense. Self-questioning and checking in with yourself does help you feel I guess emotionally unstuck. It really helped me especially this week and I highly recommend it and you know try to practice it wherever you can. If you have I don't know five minutes to spare just before work you've got an hour train ride and you can't think of anything to do. Check in with yourself. Check in with your emotions and your body. Ask yourself questions like you know what are you feeling? Is there a situation that's going on right now that isn't the best for you is there something you can do about it and if there's not can you change your perspective on that you know it is all about your mindset it truly is so you know me being sick I was not doing great mentally being back at home getting better boosted me emotionally checking in with myself if I wake up a little bit groggy check in why am I feeling groggy Little things like that will make it so much better for you to talk to yourself. I'm so sorry. I'm currently recording this outside (laughs) next to like, like obviously in lots of greenery, next to like this little rock pretty much has like a cave in it. (laughs) I just looked over and there was this massive, I don't even know, lizard, snake, frog, I don't know, a thing that had two massive eyes and a head looking at me. So I instantly just got so scared to run away. Oh, good golly. Okay, now that that's done, actual travel story time. (laughs) It was raining the first few days that I got here. So I actually started learning Spanish. There are a lot of Spanish people here in the hostel and there's not a lot to do in Bali when it rains, in all honesty. So yeah, I decided to get Spanish lessons. (laughs) It's extremely hard but I will get there. (laughs) Here in Uluwatu I went to the Uluwatu temple and watched the traditional kakak fire dance and holy moly I was stunned. Like I've seen pictures but honestly I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't seen videos I hadn't looked into the storyline I guess of the fire dance because in all honesty I didn't think there was a storyline it was incredible so it was five dollars entry to get into the temple and then for memory fifteen dollars for the actual fire show ticket I (laughs) highly recommend please learn from my mistake buy a ticket online so you don't have to queue 
I knew it got really busy. I heard from everyone else at the hostel. So I did get there early. I got there at 4.30 to watch the 6pm show, but tickets were already sold out. And obviously, yes, being school holidays, it is busier. Like I was waiting in line for like at least an hour to get a ticket. And to be honest, I was really nervous that I was going to miss out on even the second show. But luckily, obviously, I did get a ticket. (laughs) The second show was at 7pm. So I did have roughly an hour to spare. So I decided to explore the temple. A lot happened whilst I was there, to say the least, good and bad. I'll start with a good because you know that's always the best way to start. Whilst I was in front of these temples and praying worship areas, an Indian couple were trying to get a photo. So I offered to take it for them and I'm so glad that I did because I now have a new connection in India and we just instantly started talking. You know, I felt their energy and whilst we were talking, I felt like we were in our own little white aura cocoon. Like we're obviously talking about Hinduism and you know what they believe in, like the gods and and the temples and everything because I'm really interested in it. And it was amazing. They told me that they worship the same gods in India as the Balinese do here in Bali, which I found that really fascinating. I didn't know that. And obviously, you know, you learn something new every day. <laughs> Another good thing were obviously the views from the top of the temple as well as the sunset, that was absolutely stunning. And no photo or video will ever be able to catch up how beautiful places like this in real life are. They're just stunning. But whilst trying to enjoy the views, you are also trying to avoid feral monkeys. Yes, feral. (laughs) Obviously, I've been to the monkey forest and well I thought I knew how aggressive they can get but I was wrong very wrong (laughs) there were hundreds of wild monkeys launching literally launching at people hissing biting and stealing from people it was terrifying I literally saw a monkey run away with a freaking phone like they will steal everything Obviously, they stole plenty of sunglasses, hats, food, bags, clothes, everything. But I also, I want to kindly mention that it doesn't surprise me that people had these things stolen. I don't want to say that in a mean way, but look, there was even a guy that had his hat on, which obviously got stolen by a monkey, but he kept putting it back on afterwards. Like the monkey would steal it and then the tour guides there would help get it back. But then the guy would keep putting it back on again. Like, dude, seriously. Okay, now backtracking a bit back to the fire dance. It's a traditional dance that follows an ancient story of the Ramayana, I think is how you say it, which actually originated in the 1930s. Also, fun fact, it actually started in India and then it spread throughout Southeast Asia, which... I guess obviously cross paths with the fact that they believe in the same gods. But yeah, the Kakak dance includes a choir of 70 men. And these guys are aged from, look, I'm guessing 16 to 60. And it was 
mesmerizing. I don't want to say too much in case you do want to go yourself and obviously I don't want to ruin it for you but I do highly recommend adding that to your must-do things in Uluwatu. I also went to the Turtle Rehabilitation and Education Centre and I actually volunteered there for the morning. My volunteering included feeding the turtles, draining and refilling the water tanks. We had plenty of informative lessons, I guess, but my favourite part was assisting 300 baby turtles. Yep. 300. (laughs) They all hatched a couple of days before I got there in the hatchery. And now I didn't realize this happens, but obviously there are heaps of different turtle breeds and the turtles I'm used to seeing when I was an ex-mouth and saw them hatched plenty of times are the green sea turtles. And I've seen them hatch on the beach plenty of times and they swim straight into the water. (laughs) But the loggerhead turtles that we were working with here where I guess slow risers (laughs) and I'm assuming completely just because of the different conditions when they're hatched they are really slow and only get transferred to the water tanks a few days after they've hatched so yeah that was different but that meant that one of our jobs included transferring the 300 baby turtles from the hatchery to the water tanks literally picking them up carrying them transferring over it was so so cute they are smaller than like the palm of your hand and if you want to visit the turtle center it's actually free you don't need a lot of time there but it is really really good and I do recommend it it is actually closer to Noosa Dua actually I did do a day trip out there which I should mention so it is the Noosa Dua um, so that's the turtle center and I also went to the JWAK nope JWK Cultural Park. I don't know why I keep saying JWAK. The A just keeps popping in, but it's JWK Cultural Park. <laughs> wow. Now this is a must do. It is it is very touristy, which means yes, it does get really busy, but holy moly, I recommend it. It is very historical, cultural, and surprisingly spiritual. You know, I know Bali is very spiritual. It's all I bloody talk about on this podcast. But I wasn't expecting for there to be ceremonies and temples there. But there were, which was amazing. So they are these ginormous statues throughout the whole park. But it's also, you know, they have traditional dances there, interactive walkthrough statues, a gift shop and restaurants, pretty much a whole food court. And it was only $12.50 to get in. And it was worth every penny. I spent about three hours here, but honestly could have spent longer. The statues, I should say, they are quite far apart. So be prepared to walk unless you want to spend, I think it was like $4 for like a go-kart and you can like drive around. But this little backpacker just put her shoes on and just kept on walking. (laughs) Alrighty, I will get to my first travel tip soon. But firstly cold nips so I did do my cold nip swim this week at Bingin Beach hopefully I said that right I don't know I'm still not used to these Bali sayings (laughs) I did it solo even though the beach was packed I'm not a fan of school holidays it was so busy but it was still really nice the water temperature was perfect 
And the word pure kept coming to mind that day. I'm still not sure what it was related to. I mean, maybe pure calmness, pure beauty, pure light. I don't know. But yeah, that was cool. I feel like each week certain words keep coming to mind and I keep really not always looking into it, but I love exploring why that pops up in this, you know, particular week or day. But yeah. Okay, my rose, thorn and bud for this week. Obviously, many roses. (laughs) Always, every week. (laughs) I guess everywhere I went this week were my roses. You know, the temple, the kakak dance, JWK Culture Park, Turtle Center, but also slowing down and being connected to my true inner self again. You know, an extra rose is out here at the hostel. We've got very friendly dogs, hostel dogs. One of them's named Bella and I feel so terrible because I don't remember the other one's name because Bella is my favourite. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, my thorn. I don't actually really have a thorn this week other than actually. If I were to really think about it, it would have to be some of my awkward tan lines (laughs) because they are thriving so I've got my Burke tan lines from my sandals which um yeah I've got I've got two white stripes on my feet two solid white stripes so that's probably a thorn and also my elbow crease (laughs) I know that sounds stupid but I've got a like a tan in my elbow crease which is ridiculous so when I lay out in the sun next I think I just need to bloody straighten my arms out (laughs) I guess another thing, I personally don't see this as a thorn because it is just life, but I will share it. So I don't regret anything, honestly. Um, It took me a while to learn about regret and my feelings and emotions towards it. But yeah, now I look at regret as just situations that were either a a lesson, sorry, or a blessing, or I guess even both. So I don't regret or am frustrated that I was feeling this because the feeling of being vulnerable at the start of this week, um, vulnerability, being a solo female traveller, me especially, is the scariest thing to be honest. So being sick in a different country, I had to learn and practice not to, not to ignore it but to feel vulnerable and learning ways to overcome it. But yeah, I guess obviously I wanted to talk about that. But yeah. And my bud, I am going to Singapore. I've got lots, lots of good things that I can't wait to see and do. And I'm also seeing a friend over there, which would be really, really great. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Alrighty, my first ever travel tip for you guys. I have so many, (laughs) but I'll start with one that I think will get you further. And that's to make an effort to learn at least basic language phrases of the place you're going. For example, if you're going to Spain, try to learn how to say hello, thank you, please, etc. Just the basic language. The locals really do appreciate it and they will be more willing to help you out. I've definitely found here in Indonesia that the Balinese do treat you a lot nicer. And I guess it does separate you from the classic tourist. (laughs) So yeah, that's my first little travel tip. Hopefully that serves you well. Well, this concludes this week's episode. 
wow, we got through another one. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, you beautiful people. And I will see you next time. Bye.